Hey everyone and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, this is a movie review show. I'm on my own today and I'm going to talk about Sonic the Hedgehog, which has been out for a few weeks now. It's not like super fresh, I'm not like, you know, in early with this one. But I did finally see it and I figured I might as well talk about it a little bit, give my thoughts, uh, give it a recommendation or not, depending on how I feel. But I'll start spoiler free, I'll give you a warning before going to spoilers. Sonic the Hedgehog obviously is based on the video game. I grew up playing Sonic. Uh, Sonic 2 in particular was my jam back in the Sega Mega Drive or Sega Genesis days if you're uh, stateside. Uh, it was kind of the game I played most. I played that in Streets of Rage on the old Sega system. And Sonic's something that I've tried to st stick with, you know, throughout the years. It has been very difficult. Being a Sonic fan for the last two decades close to three decades on honestly basically as soon as we left the sega mega drive it kind of was downhill from then on now that there's not been anything good since then because there has been a couple of decent sonic things um now i having said this i have not played sonic mania i realize that sonic mania is apparently the, the, the glorious return to form that we've all been waiting for as sonic fans for the past you know 25 years but you know, I, I played uh, Sonic Adventure DX on GameCube to, to, you know, I actually finished that game, I think, if I remember right. I played a little bit of Adventure 2, I played a little bit of several of the, the 360 PS3 games. Um, Generations was pretty good from what I played, but I never got around to finishing it. I played a bit of Unleashed. The daytime levels were good, but the Werehog ones, not so much. It was kind of a rough time. There's, there's not really been a Sonic game that was like, yes! Uh, and again, Mania seems like it was that for a lot of people. I guess I'm at, I was at the point by then that I'm just like, when it's cheap enough, I'll probably try Sonic Mania. But at least for now, it's not something that I feel the need to go back to. It, typically, if I'm going to play Sonic, I'll put on Sonic 2. I'll play a little bit of Sonic 2, because that's the one I have the nostalgia for. That's the one where... I have the muscle memory for, uh, I know what I'm doing for the most part. Uh, that said, I've never actually beaten Sonic 2, because Sonic 2's final boss, I can get to the final boss, I've never beaten the final boss. Uh, I just don't have the, uh, the, I don't know, the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the timing of my, my fingers to quite, because you have to do it without getting hit, it's really tough, difficult. Anyway, so that's my history with Sonic. Obviously, the Sonic movie, like all video game movies, expectations going in are pretty low because we've never really had a like a great video game movie, right? Like, it's, we've never really had that. Like, the first Mortal Kombat's kind of entertaining for what it is, but it's not really a good movie. As a Resident Evil fan, my heart was broken over and over again until I stopped seeing the Resident Evil movies, so I can't, you know, recommend those. Silent Hill looked okay, but ultimately went down a rabbit hole after the first 20 minutes that was just a betrayal of what the games really were to me. And then since then, it's not really been much better. I've, I've not seen a lot of the video game movies. You know, Tomb Raider from a couple of years ago was okay, but not great. We've not really had the hit, right? We've not had the... This really nailed it. It was also a great movie on its own. So it's a bit of a tall order for Sonic the Hedgehog. You're a CGI hedgehog. Which is kind of... I don't want to say Space Jam, but like it's it's got that kind of you've got the CG character mixed with the live action uh, characters, and obviously there was a controversy with Sonic where the first trailer came out and everyone made fun of how he looked, uh, the creepy design, how he looked too lanky, the eyes were off, the mouth was off, all these things, and they famously delayed the movie a number of months so they could completely redo all of the Sonic scenes and redo his design. 
for the better, admittedly, he looks like Sonic. Uh, I can't really complain about the look. He does have that kind of fake look to him because it's kind of a cartoony CG character, which is kind of fine. Like, it gets away with it because of what it is, because it's a family movie, because it's clearly this unrealistic thing. You kind of get away with it not looking like lifelike. If anything, it would probably be creepy if they made it look like it was actually there. If if, if Sonic looked like a thing that actually existed, it would probably just look kind of horrific. <laughs> but because... <laughs> But because you don't want to do that, the, the cartoony CG kind of style of them kind of get, you you get away with it uh, to, to a point. So you got that. Um, so what is the premise of the movie then? The premise is that Sonic is from a different dimension. Uh, he's from a different Earth, or not even different Earth. So I shouldn't say Earth. He's from a different universe, and the rings which they've got in the in the movie because obviously in the games you collect rings, uh, and in the first game specifically, you actually jump through rings to go to the bonus level, so it's, they are kind of teleportation devices in the game as well, but they act as portals. When he throws the ring, it acts like a portal to go to a different world, and, uh, you know, we see a, a, the, the mushroom world at one point. Um, I don't remember a mushroom world from the game, but, I mean, it's been a long time, and I, I only really know Sonic 2 well. I, I don't remember all the zones from the first game, or 3, or whatever. I'm sure there's probably a mushroom level in one of those but, I mean, it kind of incorporates the idea of the zones then through that. Uh, it's got the rings intact. He does go and curl up in a little ball and, you know, speed around. He does do all these things. you got Robotnik, Jim Carrey's kind of the evil scientist on Earth, who once there's a sign that there's a, a you know, this, this entity, you know, he doesn't really know it's a blue hedgehog yet, but once there's a sign of something extraterrestrial or something on Earth, he, he wants to you know, find it, and he's the evil and maniacal. Uh, James Marsden plays this small-town cop in Green Hill. There you go, Green Hill, from the game, Green Hill Zone. Uh, and he's this kind of, like, it's a boring small town. He is, you know, he t t gives out the odd speeding ticket. He helps people out of trees, things like that. He's kind of bored. He wants to be a cop in San Francisco. He wants to move to the big city. And Sonic is kind of, like, hiding here after the death of the person who sort of looked after him on his planet. Uh, I said different dimensions, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, it may not actually be different dimensions per se, it may literally just be teleportation from planet to planet, so he may just be an alien, actually, now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it in my head. But, so Sonic's hanging around, hiding out in Green Hill, he's kind of watching James Marsden and his wife from afar, he kind of wants to be their friend, but is too scared to talk to them because he knows that people will freak out if they see him so he's kind of in hiding but of course he accidentally kind of makes the world aware of him this brings Robotnik to town and ultimately him and James Marsden kind of team up to try and help Sonic get out of get, get off earth basically he wants to escape he has to he's lost his bag of rings he has to get his rings so that he can leave and that's kind of the premise of the movie and Robotnik's kind of you know chasing after them and in tow and try to capture Sonic for his own nefarious means is the movie any good? Is Sonic the Hedgehog any good? It's not bad. I, I, like, if I was to sum it up in a phrase, it's not bad. It, it's definitely a kid's movie, it's definitely a family movie, there's some dumb jokes. There's some jokes that kind of work, that are kind of cute. I think the balance with video game movies is something that we've not quite cracked, and it's this weird thing where, especially with a game like Sonic, where there's not really much of a plot in Sonic, the game. So it's what exactly are you adapting into a story, and how do you take moments and things from the game that will make people feel nostalgic for it and incorporate that into a movie? Uh, having rings go around the Paramount logo at the stars, a nice touch. Uh, I think a big one that they used a little bit of, that I think they should have used a lot more of actually, is the music. 
the music at the start as the Paramount logo comes on is music from the game. So it's, it's not the original track, but it's like an or- orchestration of one of the themes. And we hear the Green Hill Zone uh, theme again, kind of at one point later on in the movie. But I felt like they could have done more with that. Like I was actually shocked, uh, absolutely shocked that the uh, the main theme never played. You know, the the theme that you get uh, in the main menu and also when you get the stars. You know, the I don't, I don't, I didn't notice that ever popping up in the movie, and I thought that was kind of weird. But th- there is definitely a lot of things in there. There's, you know, there's a reference to the the animated series at one point where he eats some chili dogs, or there's you know little things sprinkled throughout. The way it incorporates the rings into the plot, uh, the way it incorporates different zones by being different planets into the plot. Okay, that's not bad. Uh, ultimately, there's not really a plot to critique here in terms of adaptation because there's nothing to really adapt from the games. Um, not to a great extent, anyway. But you, you, so you then have this movie where you've got like Sonic and as a fish out of water with uh, human being characters, and it's one of those things where they had this problem with the Mario movie actually back in like nineteen ninety or whatever it was, where. Sonic kind of exists not in the real world, and Super Mario Bros. was the same thing. You know, Super Mario Bros. existed in the Mushroom Kingdom, and the movie has to kind of make it work in a real-world context because we want real characters from the real Earth doing interacting with these fictional characters and whatnot. So Sonic comes to real Earth, and it's this fish out of water kind of, you know, best friend alien type of plot. You know, you've seen movies like this before that aren't anything to do with video games or Sonic, is any movie where the main character befriends a talking animal or a talking alien or anything like that. It's like every movie that's like that you've ever seen. But it's not a bad version of it. It's, it's fairly solid. Uh, it's, it's not embarrassingly bad. I think when we saw that first trailer, I was expecting it to be embarrassingly bad. And I think as it is, it's, you know, relatively entertaining for what it is. I, I'm not going to give it any, like, awards or, like, sing its praises all that much, but... It doesn't embarrass itself. And honestly, with a video game movie right now, that's... That's a... <laughs> that's a notable standard to hit, quite frankly. So many video game movies are either really dull or just kind of embarrassing. And with this one, I, I kind of feel like... At the very least, it's, it's serviceable as a family movie. It's serviceable as a kid's movie. It's serviceable as people who grew up, you know, for, for fans who grew up with Sonic and want a little bit of nostalgia. I think it hits all those notes adequately. I don't think it hits any of those notes out the park. Not, you know, it's not, none, of the, none of those are a home run. But it does everything to an acceptable level. And the end result is a movie where it's not particularly memorable. It's not something you're going to be clamoring for a sequel for, but it's fine. And I have what what higher praise could I bestow a video game movie at this point other than it's fine? And I think the the funny thing with this is is that with Tomb Raider, you know, a couple of years ago with uh, Alicia Vikander, like I was hopeful for that. I was I I thought oh they could make a good movie out of this, and there was definitely signs in that movie of what I wanted from it. But a lot of it turned into generic uh, stuff, and it it didn't live up to kind of the expectation that of what I th- what I thought it could be. Going into Sonic the Hedgehog, I have to admit one of the things that this movie had going for it is that I almost didn't think there was a chance it could be good. There was I had no expectations. Like I thought. The, the most lately scenario going into Sonic the Hedgehog is that it's probably going to be an embarrassingly stupid movie. And the fact that it isn't means that it comes out looking pretty 
good. <laughs> it comes out looking as if it, it, it you know, it conquered the world. Uh, Jeff Feller, who directed this, this is his feature debut. And I know there's a lot of conspiracy theories about, uh, you know, releasing the, the, the crappy looking Sonic in the trailer first so that everyone would be happier when they changed it. I don't know if I'm ready to go that far. I think that's a bit far-fetched. That said, I totally buy that the director probably wanted to change it and was probably ecstatic when the reaction happened because it was exactly the ammunition he needed to convince Paramount to give him more money <laughs> to let him fix it. I'll buy that. I'll buy that to a point. Uh, I think you know. I think it's, it's dependable. Uh, Sonic's kind of that like over-talking but likable enough character. Uh, Marsden's nice as the everyman kind of likable Joe. You know that's that's kind of it. I, I there's not a whole lot more to add with the plot. I will say the worst part of the movie though, and it's a shame to say this, but the worst part of the movie is by far Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik. He comes off as a pale imitation of what he was in the nineties. And to the point where he's actually doing, like, I'm pretty sure exact lines of dialogue that you saw him do in either Ace Ventura or The Mask or, or whatever. But it, it feels like he's, he's here because he's been paid to be here, to be Jim Carrey. And if you think about it, when was the last time he was that Jim Carrey? Like, Jim Carrey's kind of moved away from that. At the end of the 90s, he kind of moved away from the comedies that made him Jim Carrey and he... He did some good dramas, and he, you know, he's, I mean, admittedly, I don't know what he's really been doing the last decade or so. He did some crappy horror movies. Uh, number 23, was that a Jim Carrey movie? I think that was the name of it. I never saw it, but it looked really bad. It feels like he's here, and he's just kind of, like, doing an impression of what he used to be, rather than really putting his heart and soul into it. And it's not so much that I have a problem with it in the sense that it's not Dr. Robotnik. I mean, yeah, if, if I had my way, he'd be a really fat dude. And he'd have that moustache the, the, the entire time with a big bushy out and he'd be bald and it'd be the whole thing. If I'm always sure, those things, like, that that's where some of the, the adaptation Hollywood stigma kind of comes into it. It's one of those things where you saw it a lot in the 2000s and the 90s. Whenever they were doing a video game movie, or for a long time a comic book movie, I mean, we're in a world now where comic book movies tend to embrace what they really are a lot bit more, largely thanks to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and you know, things like that, but there was a time when comic movies suffered from this same thing where they, they changed a lot just to be either different or because the Hollywood folk decided that this thing doesn't work in a movie, so we're going to do this and we're going to do this. Uh, Jim Carrey's, like, design and overall look uh, kind of feels like that. Like, no, we, do, we didn't really try to make Robotnik, we just want, we, we, we could get Jim Carrey, so we made him Jim Carrey. We Jim Carrey with a moustache, <laughs> as opposed to trying to actually nail Robotnik. I mean, the idea of his tech and all his robots and stuff does feel a little bit robotnik and that's cool. Um, and uh, I will say it's really contrived, because at one point, Sonic eventually starts calling him Eggman, and that was something that was in the games later, I think. Like, he, he changed from being Robotnik to Eggman, the reason why he starts calling him Eggman in this is really convoluted, I thought, because the whole because the thing in the in the games or in the classic cartoons is that you know he's he's kind of egg shaped. That's <laughs> kind of you know like there was there was a, a simple logic to why Sonic would call him that. Uh, his reason for doing it in the movie because he's not this this big round guy is a little bit like they they had to like come up with a reason for him to do it. But I mean, I don't mind with both names being there. I, I've always been Robotnik first and Eggman, like them trying to retcon it so he's just always Eggman always kind of bug me. So I'm pleased that it's Robotnik and then Eggman kind of becomes the nickname. I'm cool with that. That's fine. Whatever. Uh, 
so yeah so i'll give the spoiler warning so i can talk about what happens in it uh so full spoilers for sonic the hedgehog from this point on i will take this moment though to thank our patron producers for the month so thank you to David Short, Alison M. Fordyce, Cindy Palacios, Tyler Hess, and Talking Superman. Uh, they're all patrons at the $20 tier or above. You don't have to be a $20 patron, though. You can support us for as little as $1 per month. If you go to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv, you get some bonuses, you get some stuff early at the $5 tier, you get voting rates at the $5 tier. There's a lot of stuff to go and have your, you know, sink your teeth into over at patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv. But yeah, so let's uh, get into some spoilers then. Uh, I will say I do, I did think it was cute that Sonic was reading some Flash comics when we see him reading a comic book and he's speeding through pages of a comic and it's the Flash, that was pretty funny. Especially since even before it got to that that moment, which is quite early on, that's when we're just sort of discovering him hiding in the cave. I actually thought to myself, oh, it's kind of funny that we got a Sonic movie before we got a Flash movie. <laughs> because the, the effect of him running around was reminding me of the Flash. And it's nice that they put that little joke in there. And you know, it's, just kind of, it's consistent for the whole movie. You can see his comic books lying around. He's into the Flash. He's also he also loves the movie Speed. He loves action movies, but the movie he's specifically spying on, uh, you know, James Marsden and his wife. Uh, they're watching Speed, and you know he references it multiple times in the movie. He says Pop Quiz Hot Shot. He says other things from from the film. Uh, so again, the the, the the running gag that he seems to like characters or movies that are about feet, speed or being fast, or uh, he references Fast and the Furious at one point. Uh, you know. In fact, I, honestly, that joke when he referenced Fast and the Furious, when when they're in, there's like a car chase scene where Robotnik's like robot truck is chasing them throughout the highway. I actually uh, did get a chuckle out of Sonic, you know, because Sonic like takes the wheel and Marsden's kind of nervous about it because he wants to try and hit the robots, but you know he's he's doing well or you know he's he's driving well enough and Sonic says, "Oh, it's just like Fast and the Furious," and then which that on its own is not funny. That's just saying a movie title. But the reason why it made me laugh is because Sonic then immediately starts cracking jokes about how they're family now and how, how, how you know, because Fast and the Furious' thing for all, at least the back half of the series has always been, oh, they're a family, this crew that are together are family, and family comes first, and, you know, they really oversell the word family. So Sonic cracking that joke, it, well, it's certainly of its time, and it might age it a little bit in the coming years, because it went further than just saying, hey, Fast and the Furious is a movie about fast cars, Sonic should reference it. The fact that he actually starts referencing the content of the movie as opposed to just saying the title at least made it feel a bit more amusing to me uh, because it was essentially what he was doing was he was he was cracking the same jokes that you may find online whenever Fast and the Furious comes up. Whenever people are doing an impression of Fast and the Furious, they'll typically bring up the, uh, it's about family, you know, we're family, family stronger than anything, you know, stuff like that. So yeah, that was amusing. I will say Sonic's speed... Uh, it's the same. This is actually the same problem you have with the Flash sometimes in the TV show or in any potential movies. Is once they establish just how fast Sonic can go, you start to question why in other scenes he's not just going that fast to get out of a situation. There's a couple of times in this movie where it does the the, the best thing I can describe it as actually is the 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 Quicksilver scenes from Days of Future Past and like Apocalypse and whatever came next, like where time completely stops and Quicksilver's running around and, like, moving things and, like, repointing, you know, firearms and whatever else. Sonic does that a couple times in this movie where he he'll, he runs so fast that everyone else is frozen still. And I never got the impression in all my, my years of playing Sonic that he was that fast. <laughs> you know, I got the impression that he could maybe... You know, he, he, he would get up to a... a believable level of speed. I mean, 
believable is not the right word, but like a comprehensible, that's the word I'm looking for, a comprehensible level of speed. And, you know, early on it establishes that his running speed is at least typically around 300 miles per hour, which is really goddamn fast, but it's, you know, it's like... It's a speed that we can understand. It's a speed that we can kind of visualize. It's a speed that we understand, you know, certain, you know, like, you know, planes and things like that. You know, we, we can we can think of things that are kind of in that ballpark. And it's not just, like, you know, everything freezy still. You know, the, the idea that he can break the sound barrier uh, is really cool. Like maybe if he pushes himself, he can break the sound barrier and it'll you know, have a big moment for him, but that takes a lot of energy out of him or some of that. But there's moments in this movie where time just stops as he runs around and, like, he has to be going, like, the speed of light or something. Like, you know, someone can do the science in the comments if they want. But once they do that the, for the first time, I, I, every time he was in a chase or something and he was just dodging things barely, I was like, why, why doesn't he just run that fast again? You know, because it doesn't seem like anything, it doesn't seem like it takes anything out of him. He's still cracking jokes. He's still just having fun as he's doing it. Uh... Again, it's, it's it's a minor nitpick because it's something that every super speed character is guilty of. I mean, Quicksilver, we just talked about those scenes. Uh, very, very entertaining scenes in and of themselves, but like, you know, they do raise these weird questions of plot holes and uh, the consistency of which these characters can actually move. So Sonic kind of has that problem uh, a little bit in here as well. Uh, but I mean, Sonic's fairly likable. The whole idea is that he's very lonely and he wants, you know, he keeps talking about people as if they're his friends, but they're not really because they don't even know he exists. And over the course of the film, he becomes friends with, with, uh, you know, Marsden and, you know, by the end, they're willing to like go to bat for each other. Uh, you know, eventually Robotnik's in like a flying machine that's very similar to kind of the sort of thing that he'd be in the games. And... When we get to San Francisco and he's jumping on top of him, he's bouncing off all of the uh, the little robots. So it starts to feel a bit more like the game, kind of at those points where it's it's really bouncing around. Uh, it's funny because there's a, there's a mid credit sequence. There's actually kind of, there's almost two in a way because there's a scene like sort of right after the title, and then there's a scene like halfway through the credits. The scene right after the title at the end is Robotnik because they they kind of banish him to another uh, world, the mushroom world that they kept talking about. Uh, they send him there and we see a scene of him like he's shaved his head he's got the big mustache he's kind of like going full Robotnik and kind of teasing that he'll be back you know by the end of the year like he's not going to be gone for long so obvious sequel tease uh, the other one though because I'd heard there was a mid credit scene so when I stuck around for it I basically predicted what it was going to be because there's, there's really only one thing there's only one thing that the mid credit scene could tease and that is Tails because Tails is not in the movie up until that point and Tails is a big part of Sonic. Like, Tails, you know, people think of Tails quite quickly when they think of Sonic. It's, it's like thinking of Batman and Robin. Like, you think of Batman, and it's not too long after that you're thinking, where's Robin? Uh, Tails is kind of that to Sonic. And to a lot of people, Tails is their favorite character. Same with Knuckles. Knuckles is kind of the third one. He's kind of the uh, the third pillar of the Sonic world. So that's sort of something they could probably tease at the end of the second movie if they, if they, if they do one. But... Uh, so Tails shows up and he's like, oh, I, f I found the right world, I'm here. Sonic's here and he flies off uh, and that's kind of your tease for the next one. Uh, so, you know, uh, there's, there's some running things throughout the movie uh, that are worth mentioning. Like, because Marsden helps Sonic uh, and it kind of ties into his thing where he wants to be a cop because he really wants to help people who need help. Like, people who are in life-threatening situations, he wants to save lives. And Sonic gives him this chance to save a life. Uh, because Sonic's been hunted and Sonic needs help, so that kind of fills his character. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is that throughout the film, it actually comes up on the news on TV that he is he's on TV on the news 
being labeled as a domestic terrorist because of what he's doing. And it never really kind of explains how they wrap this up. There's a scene at the end where like, this general comes by and talks to them and, you know, gives them a coupon. There's a sort of gag here where they think they're getting some big reward for for stopping Robotnik and, you know, keeping quiet about everything that happened. And, like, they give, it ends up just being like a $50 coupon to Olive Garden. But they're, it never really kind of addresses the idea that the public... <laughs> were told he was a terrorist and now he's not it just kind of glosses over it which is it's fine because it's a kids movie but it's one of those those things watching it as an adult where that's a big deal <laughs> his photograph was on tv and he was called a terrorist this is kind of a big deal that's going to change his life forever but you know that's what it is uh there's a running gag as well with uh the the wife's sister who doesn't like him and always is always telling the wife to like leave him and they actually tie her up because she's being really sort of uh, confrontational with Sonic and when because eventually Sonic gets injured in an explosion after the car chase and that's what kind of finally makes Mars then go to his wife because his wife's a vet which obviously someone was set up at the start of the movie and he's like hey you need to try and help him so they do that uh, and that leads to them trying to get to the, the bag of rings and just as Sonic's about to leave Robotnik shows up and of course over the course of the third act Sonic decides that he is he doesn't want to leave, he likes Earth, and he can have a home here. So he now lives, at the end of the movie, he lives in their attic. They have decided to stay in Green Hill, because he's already, he's ticked that off his bucket list. That was another big thing in the movie, is that Sonic wanted to tick things off his bucket list, so now James Marsden got to do that too. So, at the end of the movie, he's living with them, he's got his comic book collection, he's got his beanbag, he's got his race car bed, he's got all these things, uh, and that's kind of, you know, he's decided to stay on Earth. So, everything's neatly in place for a sequel. Uh, it's one of those things where you almost feel like the, perhaps the more interesting plots like can't happen till we get this movie out of the way, till we get this movie that introduces the idea of Sonic and the villain. Uh, because I, I'm someone who likes Tails. I, you know, I, I always liked Tails in the video game, and I, I you know, I like Knuckles too. So introducing more of those those characters is an interesting thing. And, you know, and giving us this character who can fly pretty fast. You know, that that final scene, that mid credit scene, he flies off pretty fast. Not not quite Sonic fast, but he's he's definitely like a blur. He's you know he's moving. He's he's got a trail of light behind him. He's he's going pretty fast. So you know, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Uh, but no, the action's okay. You know, I I think incorporating Sonic turning into a ball to like take care of things uh, was a really smart way of making it feel like they're really utilizing the character. I think. Um, obviously he looks pretty solid now since they fixed the design so like honestly yeah it gets kind of a lukewarm recommendation I wouldn't recommend that everyone like rush out and see it no pun intended but like if you want a movie to show your kids and I mean there's, there's, there's a couple of jokes in there that are kind of like there for the adults right there's a couple of jokes where if you, like the, the kids won't get it right because you'd have to explain it to them but the adults will get like a slightly darker joke or a slightly more grown-up joke uh there's a couple of those things in there and i think that's intentional and it's smart to sort of try and aim it also at the adults because ultimately the adults are the ones who have the nostalgia for this right we, everyone who grew up with sonic is now my age or even older so it makes sense to give us kind of a little bit of the attention, even though it's clearly meant to be work for kids and they want to launch a whole franchise and sell toys and sell the video games to all these new people. Uh, obviously, these are things that they're all thinking about, but 
having having people our age want to show it to the younger audience you know and i don't have kids but many people do my age right so having people my age want to show their kids sonic because they care about sonic uh, is what makes these types of projects kind of financially appealing to the studios because it's like well you get in the original fans out of nostalgia and then you hope that they pass it on to their kids who will then love the thing as a kid and want all the toys and want all the merch and blah 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 uh so and that's a very cynical way of looking at it but i I can't help but feel that as i watch the movie a little bit it definitely has that sort of uh, sting to it but it's fairly inoffensive uh for, for what it's doing uh, it's actually uh, the biggest opening weekend of any video game adaptation and yeah honestly it kind of deserves it in, in a way like i like comparing it to other video game movies it, it is by far the least offensive out of pretty much all of them I, I, I can't think of i think i might enjoy the original mortal kombat a bit more but it's not that's not a good movie <laughs> like i enjoyed that out of the cheesiness and again nostalgia not for the games because i haven't really grew up in mortal kombat games but i grew up in the mortal kombat movie <laughs> So I have nostalgia for that movie. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is balancing a lot of things and it does it commendably well without ever feeling special. Um, you know, I this is a weird comparison to make because obviously superhero movies had better movies before the example I'm about to give. I'm not trying to say that Sonic the Hedgehog is on level with uh, like some of these ones that came before this. But video game movies are really looking for their their Dark Knight, right? And I'm not saying that Sonic the Hedgehog's on a level with Batman Begins, because I'm not. Batman Begins is way better, and there was other good superhero movies before then. Uh, so I, I guess what I'm really trying to say is that superhero movies are looking for their, I guess, Sam Raimi Spider-Man moment, maybe. Uh, but, and I'm not even a big fan of that movie, but it, just in terms of like it being more accepted and actually kind of hitting an audience that really feels like it, it, it caught on. Uh, but like video game movies really need that movie that proves that hey they can be like transcendent in the sense that they can justify their own existence by being a movie where you know you need to see this because of because of a movie on its own merits because it's a fulfilling experience now admittedly saw it the hedgehog was never going to be the movie to do that because it's ultimately going to be a kid's adventure movie right and well it's not impossible a kids adventure movie could you know be excellent and transcend all that stuff it, it, the chances are it won't be it's, it's not the most likely one to do it so i think it'll be interesting to see as we go through the i know tomb raider's getting a sequel obviously with the sonic movie they're still threatening an uncharted movie at some point uh i mean hell the last of us tv show is probably the real contender here and some people really like witcher i i did not like the first episode i know some people really like the witcher tv show but uh yeah i mean I think Last of Us on HBO is a big contender here, but we're we're talking more about movies here than TV shows, and maybe that'll prove that TV shows are a better fit uh, for this. There's a reason why there was multiple Sonic cartoons, perhaps, when we were growing up, is because, hey, it actually lends itself pretty well to a weekly cartoon, as opposed to a big-budget movie that you'll get maybe two or three of, uh, and then they'll have to reboot or, <laughs> or whatever. So, but hey, Sonic the Hedgehog is not bad. And if I'm giving it a score, it would probably be a solid 6 out of 10. It is, uh, got some entertaining moments. Uh, if you grew up with Sonic, you'll get a couple of chuckles out of the references and the music cues. Although I wish there was more of that. I really do. Uh, but there you go. That's Sonic the Hedgehog, 6 out of 10 from me. Uh, so let me know what you thought of Sonic in the comments if you saw it. If you want to support the show, you can do that by rating the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Give us 5 stars. 
and a review it helps more people find us that way if you want to support us financially we mentioned earlier of course patreon.com slash tv so you can go do that uh, like subscribe ding the bell all the usual things all that stuff does help as well uh but yeah uh, get us on twitter at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates but otherwise that is me so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies guys and we'll see you next time